it hot. Yeah. Love it. What an earphone rattler. Live from an ESG decorated water heater. It's the ESG industry's only weekly woke data podcast featuring analyst hall Matt Mascardi. Oh, Itago, you got we got to do this in the morning more often. You're all yeah, amped all up. up. In today's ESG bedazzled CFO. That's it. Just a bedazzled CFO. I don't know. It's well, there aren't many CFOs anymore, so I'm glad you found one and Actually, bedazzled I them. Uh, I'll get to this later. Uh, today is called, what is today? January 17th, 2024. Today's show, we talk about boards, 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 not, boards. Not We're talking about boards. B-O-R-E-D, B-O-A-R-D. So many boards, man. This is a board <laughs> special just for you. Our show today is being sponsored by FreeFlow Analytics, the only ESG data platform to measure real board influence and diversity yes. power gaps. Yes. And you know what? The crowd loves it. Loves it. Let's get right into it because our data highlights this first story better than any other data set that you could find in the ESG space. In history. In history. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to get into it? You're going to give me a... Yeah, do, I, do I get a transition? I, no, the crowd... Yeah, here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I hate that. I hate that music. <laughs> you asked for it. By the way... Before I get to the story, it was something I was working on before the show, some kind of amalgamation between CFO and UFO, because the CFOs don't last in their jobs anymore. No UFO, you know, unidentified. No one, so no one knows who the. You see where I'm going here? No one knows who the CFOs are because they're there for three months. They get well, their golden hello bonus, and then they get their golden parachute. So maybe what we if could, it was? We, we can workshop this. I mean, you could have the CUFO, which okay. is or which use. is one thing, but but you if you do the UCFO, it, it's I like it's, where this is going. It's, See, it, it's it's more. What about the UFCO? Then they're cage fighting. Can we put Chief this? Can we put officer. this conversation into our pitch deck for potential investors? This very conversation if, about if the listeners haven't <laughs> turned off now, they won't. All right, That's, come on, let's get to it. Elon Musk has issued an ultimatum to Tesla's board, hand over control of 25% of the votes, or he'll put the brakes on AI development. Uh, of course, he posted this, Matt, on one of his other companies. On a, It's called X now. It's not Twitter anymore. He said that he would feel uncomfortable expanding the EV company's uh, AI and robotics capabilities without controlling a quarter of the voting block. He added that the voting power would make him influential, but... but but ultimately overridable regarding major yeah. decisions. Uh, what Damien, I have a question yeah. for you first. <laughs> yeah. a approximately how influential is Elon Musk on he, the board, according he, to Free Flow Analytics? Okay, well, what is the number now? 79%? 70%. And that does not include his brother. Explain that quickly. What does that number mean, 70%? All right. So if quickly, I said... FreeFlowAnalytics.com, you'll see an influence number for every single director on every single board over years. The influence number represents their resume, their status on the board, their role on the board, and their network connections on the board. It's basically a measure of how powerful that human being is on that yep. board. That's what it is. Uh, and on top of that, Tesla is nothing but him. It's The whole narrative yeah. behind Tesla and the whole reason why the stock price is so overinflated is this incredible unicorn-filled narrative created by the supposed genius of Elon Musk. So that he... Doesn't so he what I'm taking out of the statement is that he doesn't consider himself already influential at Tesla. That's what that's <laughs> yeah, the, I know, right? I that's know. the implication there. So let's talk it's quickly. A, yeah, go ahead. 
It's also eight hymns. Let's talk about who the yes, eight hymns are. Yes, let's quickly talk about the what how the board stands today. That the, there's only eight board members at Tesla. One of them being Elon Musk. So Ooh, he already looks controls. Like he's got some influence. He already controls one eighth of the board. <laughs> then you have the chair, Robin Denholm, who's only the chair because the SEC told her to be the chair That's because correct, they yeah. split. They told Elon he couldn't be the chair because of his uh, all of his uh, stupid. Tweet, twittering he was doing. Yeah. I went back through the archives. In fact, Robin Denholm said no to the job because she didn't want it. Um, but she, it was either her or James Murdoch at the time because right, they were the only two directors who were independent at the time. Let's talk about James Murdoch. He's he, he's a third of eight directors. He described himself in testimony. Remember, they were suing the board because of their ridiculously huge pay package given to Elon Musk. He described himself in in testimony. In court, as a friend of Elon Musk since 2006, <laughs> remember under oath. Yeah, okay, I know. so that's a third of, of eight directors. Then you have Ira, uh, Ira Aaron Price. Uh, he is an investor who heads uh, he heads Tesla's compensation committee. He has been close to Musk for years. Uh, according, this is again uh, from the same court case. According to court documents. He helped Elon design that 2018 pay deal, and and uh, as a director, he was given almost 10 million dollars in stock options in 2018. So in no ways it, is he independent, right? I mean, there's not a is there a single other director that we can find who's given that much money in stock options and considered independent? That's an executive level salary right there. Not only that, but he is the founder of a venture firm that invested in Musk, Musk early, right? Like, so he's he's the VC bro. Is yeah, why but, he's but again, first I'm going to repeat, according to New York Times, he has, quote, been close to Mr. Musk for years, okay? Yeah, yes, okay. And and received ten million dollars in pay just to sit on the board. I mean that helps. They, they were unheard already of. Court. Unheard they of. were already watching football games together. The ten million was just extra. So that's the fourth. I, I haven't even gotten to to num numbers five and six, Matt. Well, one of them is the Tesla co-founder and the who and the CTO for fourteen years, JB Straubel. He's also on the board. I'm serious. One of the co-founders and former executive JB Straubel. And and I, Matt, number six is a true laugher. Can you believe I waited for this guy for number six? It's a guy named Kimball Musk. There you go. There Elon's brother. That's that's so, after I talked about all those others. And then finally, finally um, some independence. There might be there might be two independents. Kathleen Wilson Thompson, I'm just gonna say, I'm gonna go out, out on a limb and say is independent. I'm not gonna talk about her. Joe Aww. the seventh director, Joe Gebbia. Yeah. Now you're making a claim that he's not really independent. Why? Why is he not really independent? All right. So Joe Gebbia looks independent. He's okay. Airbnb's co-founder. Mm -hmm. But I looked at the Airbnb board, and on the Airbnb board is a, a member from Sequoia who funded virtually every single Musk endeavor. Jeff Jordan from Andreessen Horowitz, who mm -hmm. Mark Andreessen and Musk are like like Libertechian bros, right? Like they they basically love each other. And the CFO of Block which is owned by Jack Dorsey, who is another bro who Musk bought Twitter from. So yeah. the people around Joe Gebbia, who Joe Gebbia chose, would suggest that Joe Gebbia at least is in the orbit of Musk or knows of him or has run into him. You know, they must have done mushrooms together somewhere, right? But, but even without him, you have two uh, friends 
you have a brother, you have a co-founder, you have Elon. That's five out of the eight votes right there. This is yeah, the guy who thinks he's not influential. It is now blackmailing his own company, essentially, to get more voting power. But that, to me, isn't the, the worst part. Okay, go the, ahead. The worst part about the whole thing is that investor... So, first of all, it's a classified board, meaning there's only like two to three directors that come up per year. Mm -hmm. Joe Gebbia was added to the board in, at the end of 2022, but because of the class of director he is, he actually doesn't get a vote from investors until this year. So, he so gets he's to, been on the board for Yeah, he gets to sit around for a while, yeah, twiddling before his Before he even has to, uh, investors even get a say, mm -hmm. which is a joke in and of itself. But then when investors get a say, the lowest vote total has been 60-some percent, 68%, I believe. It's pretty low. For Robin Denholm, which is oh, pretty low. Yeah, for one of the women. But she's the chair, right? Yeah. Like, nobody likes the chair. They're all yeah. blaming her for stuff. Meanwhile, Kim Kimball Musk got an 80% four vote the last time he was up. Yeah. Elon Musk's brother, who's <laughs> one-eighth of the board, and has expertise got an 80% four vote. Yeah. He, he eats a Chipotle and wears a cowboy hat. What are we talking about Like for expertise? There is no expertise there. Yeah. And investors have effectively allowed themselves to get held hostage by not voting against them. In fact, if you want to blame somebody... Like you blame the investors for not voting, but blame ISS and Glass Lewis for not actually looking at free flow analytics data and saying this is one of the most compromised boards of any board. And we talk about say, boards all day. You're talking about an ISS and Glass Lewis that will vote against you if you've attended 73% of board meetings or if you're sitting on three other boards, like stuff like that, like little checkmark box cup type of stuff. But they won't vote against you if you're the they're helping the CEO and co-founder consolidate a, an unusual amount of power. I mean, to, to me, it's actually... It's uh, it's truly insane that we when uh, Joe JB Straubel came up as a, an appointee on the board that there was a, there was like actual quibbling over whether or not he was independent enough and they said vote for like one I think Glass Lewis or ISS said vote for and the other one said vote against to me like the fact that we're even having a debate about that is absurd on its face. A guy who worked with Elon Musk for 14 years at the company where he would be on the board while the brother's on the board and Elon's on the board and their funder's on the board. What are we saying? At what point do we say, like, uh, you know, Musk has enough influence and yet somehow Musk has managed to say, I need 25% of the shares. What he needs the shares for is actually to buy back the debt of Twitter. It yeah, has nothing to do with he AI. he sold a bunch of shares to buy he Twitter, right? He had to right? sell to buy Twitter. So... What's the end of the story here, Matt? Is this his is this his way to leave? We we've we speculated for a long time that he he's going to step down as CEO of Tesla. Is this his way out if they don't if they don't give in to his demands? I mean, it, like it could be it could be his excuse his excuse for leaving, right exactly right? like and and then he could blame the board who he handpicked. But more likely, they're just going to give him what he wants, and this is a non-story anyway. So it's win-win for him, right? Yep. Like if they go to him and say no, then he can leave. In fact, they probably in backdoor channels are brokering. A, a deal as we speak which probably is to converting say, some of his shares into super voting shares i'm guessing like there, they, there could be a million ways they could do this but they could actually say do you want us to give you this pay package or not like right. do you want to step down and this is his quote-unquote graceful exit
right? Like Tesla can be its own company. He doesn't have the headaches that he has with the SEC anymore. He can run his other seven companies by himself and make flamethrowers and dig holes and go to space. Uh, like All maybe right. he'll dig holes in space with a flamethrower. Who knows? We've got three other boards to talk about. Well, let's move on. I'm not oh, enough of enough of Elon I'm Musk. Tired. Yeah, ultimatum. Boeing. Oh, one of your favorite boards. Boeing. Boeing's oh. board faces scrutiny yet yet again. Of course. I'm going to remind everyone that only three years ago, uh, 2021, Boeing's board paid a hefty 250 million dollar fine to settle a shareholder lawsuit that accused it of failing in its fiduciary duty to monitor safety and initially lying about its response to the first of two fatal 737 Max 8 crashes. Okay. Let's not forget that as a backdrop. Nell Minow, friend of the show, Nell Minow, she came out to say uh, that the board is a serial offender that doesn't learn from past mistakes. She says it's a bad board, and it has been a bad yes. board for a long time. It, it is a bad board. <laughs> yeah. Part of the problem that she points out that is interesting to me is that she says that, that the board doesn't have enough pressure to change. Now, she doesn't mention shareholder pressure because they certainly haven't pushed anyone out, but she says... Because Boeing is part of a duopoly with Airbus, it doesn't really have any incentive to, to, to change, right? It's it, it's just two competitors there, Airbus and Boeing. Uh, and, and she says that given the company's market dominance, the board has allowed Boeing to put financial and not aviation uh, engineering first. So, so, so she's saying that the board is able to focus on finances because, again, it's part of this duopoly. Well, I, I look... We have chronicled ad nauseum on this show that no one listens to all oh, the cronyism on yeah. the Boeing board, right? You want like, to so, get right to the board? No, I just, I what I want to say about the board is mm -hmm. none of this is new. As in, even the refreshments, we can, we're not investigative journalists. We spend seven minutes doing fact-based research to figure out, oh, this person knows this person from this place. It's not really that hard. And yet, investors. I feel devalued. But investors, ninety percent plus four votes for every director on this board, year in and year out. Ninety percent. Uh, they did find this article in uh, Fortune. Did find someone who actually likes the Boeing boards, other than the ninety-four percent of shareholders. <laughs> and her name is Joellen Posner, associate professor of management at Santa Clara University's Levy School of Business. She says she applauds the company for adding aviation and risk experts while replacing directors with financial government and trade expertise. She says, if I were putting together a board for Boeing, this is what I would choose. Now, I looked really? into, so I looked, I decided to look into the, the who are the six new directors since the, the two fatal crashes only a few years ago. And let's not forget that one of the ways they dealt with, with these governance changes was to appoint their own lead independent director who's been part of the company culture for about 15 years to CEO. That's Dave Calhoun. That is one of yeah. the ways they dealt with this. Okay. Yes, that, that is how they figure, fix this problem. So uh, there are six new directors, that, and I will say that, there, uh, that while, yes, there are three of them who seem to have a background in safety, including Stacey Harris, former inspector general of the Air Force, three of them, Matt, uh, one is a finance expert from KPMG. One is the basically a former CFO from UTC and Paul Corporation. And then there's the former CEO at Qualcomm, uh, Qualcomm, the semiconductors company. So three of them have know nothing about safety and somehow magically they've been appointed since uh, uh, this board, board turnover. I, uh, but 
It's, look, no one ever got hurt by a, a computer chip, so that's how they know. But it, but it shows that by maintaining the, the the past old guard by by promoting Dave Calhoun, that nothing has changed there. You're you're still not you're still not uh, highlighting safety over finance, right? You you got you appointed Lynn Dowdy, uh, a finance expert from KPMG. That was one of the <laughs> the choices after two fatal crashes. Well, this yeah. Well, th- wait, that's normal playbook, isn't it? Isn't that the playbook that you add uh, like you always have the accountant on the board that, like They that, already have they have plenty of, they already have plenty of accountants and uh, I'm just uh, making sure they have enough, right? I mean, to, they, to to Nell's point, they already had that. They they they've already they already have people on the board who help them make money better. Can we get Joellen Posner and Nell Minow on this show for a debate about whether or not Boeing is a good board and why? Right, I, we can try. Let's do it. Okay, and, and can I just this one throwaway about Boeing that I just want to remind the audience: this incredible coincidence. Consumer advocate Ralph Nader, not Ralph Nader, sorry, Nader. <laughs> His <laughs> Matt, uh, you're gonna stop laughing now. On the second Boeing 737 Max 8, 8 crash, his grandniece died on that on that plane. Consumer advocate that, yeah. Ralph Nader, and he rightly called. For the entire board to resign. So there you go. Uh, that's just a strange coincidence here in this Boeing board story that his grandniece was on that plane, one of those planes. But uh, the the fact is, I I'm I'm tired of the Boeing board. I, they're like it, the that we started this company because we realized they were not. When the Max 8 planes fell out of the sky, we went to the story and said, not who was on the board that greenlit the Max 8 planes, but how did they get there? Like, how Like how does this board get chosen? How does a bunch of people in a room all decide to raise their hand and say, I agree, greenlight this plane that cuts corners and maximizes profit, and we're in a profit race with Airbus, don't do it right, whatever the case may be, right? We asked how, not who, in that case. And still, to this day, the board is effectively constructed the same exact way that board was constructed. That board all knew the head of the nominating committee from his, his lobbying group. This board, they all know Dave Calhoun from various places. Mm-hmm. It's all constructed through a network of fist bumps and bros. So I don't know what more there is to say about this. Nell is right. This is not, this is a bad, this is how boards usually get built which is the tragedy. This is how investors tend to vote, which is 90% for every single one of them without doing any due diligence. And this is what happens when the board is greenlighting things that can come out of the sky and kill you. This is what happens when it's like, you know, there's there's actual safety problems. This is Norfolk Southern. This is Boeing. This, they're all the same. So I'm tired of it. Let's do something else. Like, yeah. let's never talk about Boeing again. Uh, I think that is that is that possible on in no any we'll probably realm. talk about them tomorrow yeah let's not forget that the chair of the board is a man named uh, Lawrence Kellner he has been on the board since 2011 yeah yeah no he's in and he is though. and he's in a leadership position with Dave Calhoun who is also one of the old guard yep, yep. I mean uh, nothing has changed on this board and yet in this round I mean th- thankfully no one has died yet. But in this round of, of horrible accidents, uh, I don't hear anyone calling for, for Dave Calhoun to step down or the chair. What about just the chair, Larry Kellner, there since 2011? How did he last through the first round? I don't even know I, how I, he's still there. 
what I, th- I th- the question has to be asked. If yeah. you are voting 90% for every one of these directors and Dave Calhoun, you are giving a vote of confidence to management. Is this what you want as an investor? Because this isn't the first time now. This is a continuation of the same problem. These planes don't get built yesterday. These planes get built over a decade, and they get built poorly, and then they fall out of the sky. In fact, when you do the like the the post mortem, a board that makes a decision in 2011, the average board tenure is seven to ten years, which means most of the board had already flipped off by the time the planes are in the sky and there's no accountability for them then. So when you get pissed off because you know you have a shitty outcome, you voted for it ten years ago. If you do the analytics. Now, on the board, maybe you avoid the shitty thing 10 years from now that will cost you money. Uh, I, I Also, Kellner uh, sits on the board of ExxonMobil. And he oh, also oh, sits on the safety committee at Boeing. <laughs> uh, and I will, and, there and you an, go. Another guy who's been there since 2010 is Ronald Williams, who was the former CEO of Aetna, the healthcare company. So, he, so thank God he's still there he, providing, uh, providing his expertise. He's the Ed Liddy old guard. MetLife was Ed Liddy, and and Aetna and MetLife are closer related orgs. I think they all know each other. So uh, there's th- congratulations. This is, this, is, this uh, is just fist bumps. Uh, moving on, Disney rejects Nelson Peltz's push for a board seat. So uh, Disney has a new Ooh. filing in its proxy contest. Here, here's a quote from the filing. In deciding not to, there's a mic drop moment here, which I like. In deciding not to recommend Mr. Peltz, the directors considered a number of factors, including that in a two-year quest for a seat on the Disney board, Mr. Peltz has not actually presented a single strategic idea for Disney. (laughs) I like that one. I like that too, yeah. Uh, but here, in a surprise move, because this is something that we reported on, I, I don't think we saw it really going this way, uh, Disney also rejected three board uh, nominees put forward by uh, investor firm Blackwell's Capital, because Blackwell said that their directors would support Bob Iger, but Disney doesn't want them either. And here's their reason for that, Matt. They say that uh, they lack experience as directors of large public companies. What do you think oh, about that? Please get over it. Yeah. Like like that's worked out really well for you, Disney. Oh, PS. One of the people on your board what like if you look at the history of the Disney board, mm-hmm. like there were directors who lacked director experience on the Disney board in the past. But now that's the qualification. Now they they have a- they have to have been on another board. I, yeah, I'm a little surprised by this. One of them was a former Warner Brothers executive, Jessica Schell. There was also a, a, man, a real estate executive, Craig Hackoff, who co-founded the Tribeca Film Festival with uh, Robert De Niro. I, I, I guess I just would have assumed that since they were going to support Bob Iger that they, would, they could use them. But I don't know. I, maybe Bob wants his own people. I yeah, well isn't yes that is yes correct. that's your okay that's your <laughs> takeaway you that's all that's my so take that's away. the craziness that's going over at Disney and finally Open AI CEO Sam Altman speaking of a uh, big board story see how I did four big board stories here ooh, I, ooh, I saw that look at that uh, Sam Altman opens up about being fired by the board I love how he's always portrayed as some kind of victim Don't in this situation up. just be quiet <laughs> so Altman said that the night he was pushed out by the board was quote uh, wild. <laughs> and and 
and he felt, quote, super confused oh. and, and was, quote, super caught off guard. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, this is like, I, I don't think, why are we, what is this about? Why are we asking him questions about it? Okay, this is what I want to talk about. So they're asking him about the board structure because ultimately it was the board structure who, who well, I, you know, in any board, the board has the over, overseas management and has the right to fire the CEO. So yeah, I, yeah, nobody should be surprised by this except the, blah, fact, blah, blah. except the fact in America, I think everyone is always surprised if the board fires a CEO, right? That's the takeaway is that I have the power. I'm the CEO. I'm the king. Yeah. How dare you do your job, even though it's part of the bylaws? You, your you job is to do what I tell me. you to. Yes. That's <laughs> but here's what he said. He said about this board structure, he said, but this is the structure. And I immediately just went to go thinking about what I was going to do next. It was not until some board members called me the next morning that I even thought about really coming back. And he says, but like the board did have all the power there. He's, so, yeah. Yeah, Bad. right. But which is had but that's the way the structure was that's set up they're your boss yeah isn't the i mean correct me if i'm wrong yeah but my understanding is that the board effectively represents shareholders or another stakeholder and elects management so their mm -hmm. management's boss that seems correct so being surprised that the board has the power. Not to mention like that, you didn't know what a board was. Not to mention that he was doing numerous things that were against the mission and the, the, the whole purpose of the company to begin with. The, well, the don't not, worry. Not, we got rid of all the women who were worried yeah. about that. So he was asked whether OpenAI would reform this board structure and become a traditional Silicon Valley for-profit company. And he, and he was adamant that his startup would not do that. He said, we'll never be oh. a tra traditional company. But he says, but the structure, I think we should take a look at the structure. Maybe oh. the maybe the answer we have now is right, but I think we should be willing to consider other things. He's just talking, nah. this is like CEO gobbledygook. He added that now was not the time to reconsider company structure. And said, he said <laughs> the focus was on the board first. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. I guess getting in people that were favorable to him. He says, uh, yeah, yeah. He says, I think one of the things that's difficult to fix for us about OpenAI is the degree to which our team and the people around us invest in us or whatever are committed to this mission. I oh. mean, he he is just full of, first of all, he's he's a he's a perfect kind of millennial, I guess, because I just don't understand a word he's talking about. He, there's a lot of supers, a lot of whatevers. He talks in circles. He agrees with things that he doesn't agree with. He, he likes structures that do their jobs and fire him, but then it gets confused that they fired him and doesn't think they should have fired him, and now he wants to replace them. I, he's a very confusing despot, is he not? But look, every single tech bro mm -hmm. has come out and said AI could be the most destructive force that humans Including have Including him created. repeatedly. He really actually In says the most things about how worried he is about it destroying the world. But it, but like people who are naturally destructive, like Elon Musk likes to like go in and make capricious decisions, are worried about the destructive nature of AI, the potential destructive nature of AI. So much so that I, we, you just pulled a headline about OpenAI is not going to work on any campaigning. You know, yeah. uh, they're like removing themselves from all election activity. They won't yeah. allow any Unlike, of it. Unlike uh, Facebook, yeah. But they're 
legitimately worried about the negative consequences of the thing they've built. So in advance of that, they built a structure that attempts to avoid those negative consequences. Yes. It doesn't seem more complicated than that. No, I know. And this is why, like, is he feigning confusion? I mean, he, and again, he, he likes the structure. He doesn't like the structure. He doesn't think we should focus on the structure. And yet no, he, he wants new board members because, because one of the women they fired was, wasn't, she's a scholar from MIT who writes, who does her research on the very thing ethics. you were just referring to. And yes. Boards. AI yeah, ethics. AI rather. Yeah, yeah. So so but he was but she is one of the people that he wasn't comfortable with because she voted against him. And you also have a company where reportedly ninety eight percent of the staff are on his side. So there are absolutely no checks and balances if that's the case, right? There's not a single voice that contradicts what's in his brain. No, I th I think there was properly a check and balance. The board, and I think I, the, the board. board. I yeah. think, I, I, and and, and I now think it's being it's ridiculed now worldwide for for doing a for, dumb thing. It's it's incredible that we've got we're we're writing this narrative that the board was the one that fucked up. Where, whereas, and the reason why I picked this story today is because it was the it's the only board out of you know Disney, Boeing, uh, Tesla doing its job, doing it Did well its job. Do, to yeah. the letter. Of of its mission, of its mandate, of its mandate. Yeah. exactly. And, and I think actually the fear here is a much more basic fear. Sam Altman just you, you covered like two weeks ago. He's buying houses in Hawaii or something, everywhere, right? Like, yeah, I mean, like these are people who are at constant odds with themselves about the amount of money at stake, the amount of we're out there fundraising right now, right? Like we are looking for investors in what we do. And it is incredibly difficult because we have a mission with what we want to achieve. We want to talk about these boards. We want to fix the market for these boards. When we talk about these things, we want to use actual data and analytics to measure the effectiveness of these boards, not yeah. pretend we do, right? And like we want the and, and we yes, and we want the narrative to point to these boards. We want people to understand how they we work. Want we want you people to know, to know who is on the board. And we right. want you to be able to to, you know, when you're talking about these corporations to 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 talk about the people that matter, right? If you can remember the name of the backup left tackle on the Green Bay Packers, you should know the names of the boards of the companies where you shop because they're the ones who are your check and balance. Or if you're one of the many Americans who is increasingly, you know, uh, uh, irritated, angry, uh, upset, embarrassed by the actions of Elon Musk, you should, how about at a minimum knowing that his brother, who, who, who knows nothing about anything, is sitting on that publicly traded company board? His yeah, brother. Right. Forget it, Musk. If you if you don't believe with the politics of the company, I don't care if you think the company's woke or not woke. You don't if you can't name a board member, you don't know who you to be angry at. Knowing the person's name and how they perform and what they actually do and say is important. And we're out there looking for investors to invest in this mission, right? Like that's mm -hmm. what we want to do. But it's very hard because investors come at you and they say, well, we kind of like that, but we really like this. And they want you to focus on another thing, right? Like yeah. they want you to build what they're interested in. And if you're Sam Altman and you know that AI is a dis potentially destructive force on humanity, but investors are saying, yeah, but what if this will make a trillion dollars? I want you to do that. Yeah. Uh, you you want to buy the house in Hawaii. It's really hard to tell that investor no, that's against the mission because they won't invest anymore and suddenly you're out in the cold. So 
this is t- the tiptoe game. The, but the reason the board exists is to say, Sam, I know you want all that money. We know we need the money, but you cannot destroy humanity to get the money. That's not the that's not the mandate and mission well, of this company. That's yeah. it. It's not uh, that as complicated. A, as a sidebar, he doesn't have any, he doesn't actually own any equity in OpenAI, and he made all that money even not at OpenAI. Yeah, so he doesn't somehow even need, he doesn't even need any like, extra money from OpenAI. Like somehow, he yeah, got somehow, it. somehow, and and so, and by the way, the the news I'm getting on the street, Matt, is that the reason why investors are hesitant, uh, uh, and 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 people, you know, and uh, investment funds are hesitant to use our data is that they don't want to be uncomfortable. At dinner parties, yeah, if, if one of the directors <laughs> is there, right? Yeah, well, that's the problem. There's a social tension. There's not the social tension. Like, like you know, it's it, if we treated boards like sports teams, you don't have the same social tension. You're not worried about that, but you're worried about it because you're going to go to the golf club later on, and you might see X Y Z board member there who you just voted against. But this is easier to do if you have data that says, they won't look, I, I gave you 12 years to perform. You underperformed your market peers on earnings, TSR. We didn't even talk about like the fact that these board members at Tesla are all, and you may think of Tesla as like, you know, stock to the moon, whatever, bullshit. They're all average. They are absolutely 100% almost all across the board average performers for earnings and TSR. Where the average director in like their peers, they're just average. That includes Kimball Musk. And Elon himself is just average. But that's yeah, what the I, data says. I'm not saying that. I'm saying in the tenure that we have up for their board, you know, like positions versus their peers. It turns out, actually, over time, they're just average. Yeah, which is why it's important to focus on the main takeaway of Boeing, Disney, and Tesla, and that is that they are using their boards as a means of consolidating CEO power, which is, again, not the purpose of these boards. And and to your point, using our data to, 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 to discover the fact that a lot of them are just average in the first place, it should give shareholders incentive to, to vote on people who actually have a skill set that represents their shareholder values, right? We we've just generated or a background or a whatever. I just worked on this yesterday. I'm generating a list of mid cap, small cap directors who have been on multiple mid cap, small cap boards who outperform their peers. Mm-hmm. You basically have a minor league of directors that you yep. can just bring up and put them on large cap boards because they have experience in doing things that you want as an investor. Look, we're the cloud cover. For you to make a decision that might be socially awkward for you or difficult to explain because you meet these directors, you might know them. There's just data. Hey, you like if their stock underperformed, you'd happily vote people out, but you can vote them out before the stock underperforms and put together a team that might avoid that. Hey, for if you haven't seen the show Survivor, uh, I apologize, but just do what they do on Survivor. After you vote somebody out, just lie about it. Just say, "Oh, it wasn't me. It was Glass Lewis that voted was, you out. It yeah, wasn't us." And you yeah. should do it while holding a tiki torch. Yeah, so don't worry about it. Just lie. You probably lie about other things in your life. Lie about who you're voting out. That's but our show. Them out. That's the point. Both of them. That's out. Hazelnut Rollis. I am your analyst, Tom Matt Muscardi. We are Free Float. This was your Woke Wednesday show. We've got a proxy countdown tomorrow. It might cool. be a little on the late side. We got a Thursday or uh, Friday wrap-up show. 
Um, I think Chantel might try to join us. Maybe. I don't know. Intern Chantel might try to join again. Who knows? But until then, goodbye.